Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. My name is Aaron, and I'm one of your hosts. There are two other hosts that are joining me today, of course. Danielson. Yo, guys, what's up? And Anna. Dober done. So before we start today's episode, I just want to say, like always, we do not run any ads on this show or take any money from any corporations. So if you'd like to help us out, then there's a few ways that you can do that. One of those ways is with Patreon we launched this season. For only $5 a month, you can get four episodes a month. Today we are releasing Unit 731. So we also got like a ton more. Dreams, Clinton Body Count, uh, FEMA, the New World Order. So definitely go on there, check that out. And guys, another way to support the show is through merchandise. Just teleport over to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, and click on our shop button. Or you can go to theoriesofthethirdkindshop.com. Then you can see all the merchandise we have for sale, t-shirts, hats, and all that good stuff. I just wanted to say that the money we get from Patreon and merchandise sales goes to bettering the show. Also, I know things are tough out there right now, so if you can't afford a shirt or a Patreon membership, but you want to help us out, then you can leave us a written review on iTunes, and that helps us out a ton. If you don't want to leave one, though, that is fine. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoot, Sasquatches, Chupacabras, Ghosts, Illuminati members, Underground Lizard people, whoever or whatever you are, to enjoy the show. Also, one last thing. If any of you would like to reach out to us, then you can shoot us a message on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, or you can go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com. You can click on the contacts button, and there you will find our email addresses. Also, on our site, you can click on the voicemail button and leave us a voicemail anonymously with your phone, and we will play it at the end of the show each week. So today's episode is the pyramids. How it will go today is that we will first cover a little bit of the history of the pyramids. And then we'll jump into the construction and the conspiracies surrounding the constructions of the pyramids. And then we jump into ancient artifacts found around the pyramids, the supposed alien influences with the pyramids, and then the giants and dinosaur theories about the pyramids. And then we jump into strange facts and findings. And of course, we wrap it all up with our own personal thoughts and theories. So the history of the pyramids. Now, I'm hoping everyone listening knows what the pyramids are. Well, at least know of them. So we're just going to give a very basic breakdown of the history. As I am sure you are aware, there are many different pyramids around the world, right? But the ones we are talking about in depth today are the pyramids of Giza in Cairo, Egypt. The pyramids were believed to have been built anywhere from 2612 BCE to 664 BCE. The rulers of these kingdoms were known as pharaohs. They were held in such great esteem that they were seen as demigods. The pharaohs had so much power and authority that it was believed that they carried it with them after death to immortality. To facilitate their immortality, pharaohs invested heavily in mega structures on a scale not witnessed before. These structures became synonymous with ancient Egypt and were known as the pyramids. So some of the different ways that people believe the pyramids were built um, are interesting. So I'll start with one that's a little bit more, maybe quote-unquote, realistic. So one of the biggest mysteries about the Egyptian pyramids is the construction techniques used to erect them. 
The incredible feat of the Egyptians is all the more impressive when taking into consideration that over 2 million limestone and granite blocks were used to build the Great Pyramid of Giza. Every one of those stones weighed about 2.5 tons. So how are these giant blocks moved then? Well, unfortunately, the Egyptians didn't leave, you know, behind many like written records. So what is the general consensus on how pyramids were made? Well, pyramid is 481 feet or 147 meters tall. It was the tallest man-made structure for nearly 4,000 years. It was ultimately surpassed by the Lincoln Cathedral, which was built in 1311 in the UK. The pyramids took about 2 million stones that weighed anywhere from, you know, 1 to 3 tons to make each pyramid. They didn't have metal wheels to transport that amount of weight. All they had, as far as we know, were copper and copper alloy in that time. They believe it took between 20 to 30 years to build each pyramid. If that is the case, with 2 million stones put into place, it would mean they laid one of these 1 to 3 ton stones every 3 minutes. And that's us going by a 10 to 12 hour workday. That is a speed that we couldn't do today without some sort of help with machines. The stone on the inside is made of limestone that is softer to work with, and they may have even used copper saws with an abrasive additive to cut through the rock. The outside of it is granite, and the quarry that was mined to create it was 621 miles or 1,000 kilometers away. When the Nile flooded, they would use that to help move the pieces of granite back to use for building the pyramids. Could you imagine wanting rain so you can float these one to three ton stones 621 miles? Like, are there people in little boats next to them in the flood water, like nudging the block to keep it on track? Are they pulling it? My thing is, what kind of fing asshole is like, look, we can build this with granite. But it's 600 and something miles away. You know, all the people building it then were like, go ahead, get a whole bunch of those camels. They're going to be pulling a whole lot. Hey, go get some of those dinosaurs. That's when the pterodactyls come in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so granite is one of the hardest rocks, too. So besides the fact that it was 621 miles away, now you're dealing with having a lot of labor put into mining it. So because it has quartz in it, it ranks close to diamonds in its hardness. Granite would be a 7 on a scale of 1 to diamond. So since it's so hard to cut, and it was very labor-intensive, the progress was super slow. You could break down the rock by hitting it over and over and over with dolerite, which would have been an average of only 5 millimeters an hour. Another thing is that the ramps that you'd have to use to get these stones into place, they believe, would have gone around the pyramids to then a straight ramp because you would have used more material just making the ramp than you would have uh, building the pyramids. So going around it is less material and more efficient. Even though it is now weathered from 4,000 years of erosion, back when it was built, it would have been this beautiful white from the limestone and the top third was made out of a mixture of gold and silver, called electrum. Did they put that material on top to attract something? Maybe it was meant to be another way to show honor for the pharaoh buried inside. Maybe a way to attract aliens to the spot. What if it were the Anunnaki, and they put the gold in it as a respect for them? I mean, if we're talking about the Anunnaki now, I know we haven't really covered it yet. 
It's coming up. I know we've teased it a lot, but the Anunnaki is coming up. But we talk about that monoatomic gold that the Anunnaki supposedly created us as slaves so we could get the monoatomic gold for them. For, I believe, their atmosphere or our atmosphere or some shit like that. But we'll talk about the Anunnaki later this season. I mean, we'll have plenty more to add about the possible alien influence shortly, right? We'll get into that here in a minute. But before then, let's, let's hop into another theory. Okay, so many people believe that the pyramids were built by slaves, which is not true. Zahi Wahas has expressed his thoughts that the pyramids were not built by slaves, but instead skilled workers. Just to give you a quick background on him, Zahi was born in a small village near Damietta, Egypt in 1947. He received a bachelor's degree in arts in Greek and Roman antiquities from Alexandria University in 1967. He then obtained a master's degree in arts in Egyptology and Syrian-Palestinian antiquities in 1983. Zahi obtained his PhD in Egyptology in 1987. The renowned archaeologist was appointed the position of chief inspector of the Giza Plateau. So he quit in 1993, returned to the position of chief inspector in early 1994, and then again in 1998. Hawass was appointed as the first prime minister of the state for antiquities after January 2011. During his work at the pyramids, Zahi discovered the tombs of the pyramid's builders in Giza in the Valley of the Golden Mummies in Baharia Oasis. So we're going to go over this article that gives his points and why they honestly weren't built by slaves. I would, it's becoming more accepted as the idea because it's true. Um, also, I found this video from 2010 of him talking about their discovery and his thoughts of being honored workers or skilled workers. And then the article I posted above that was po- was updated and posted just a month ago. And yeah, we'll post this. You go to our website, Theories of the Third Kind, you click on the pyramids episode and you can scroll down a little bit and see all these links that we talk about in today's episode. So we're going to insert this clip of this video. It's a minute and 14 seconds long. In the shadow of the Great Pyramids of Giza, Egypt has displayed its latest archaeological discovery, tombs more than 4,000 years old said to belong to workers who built them. The modest nine-foot-deep shafts encased in limestone were uncovered last week. They held a dozen skeletons of pyramid builders, perfectly preserved by dry desert sand. In addition to bones, the tombs also contain jars that once held beer and bread meant for the workers in their afterlife. Egypt's archaeology chief, Zahi Hawass, said they date to the Fourth Dynasty, around 2,500 years before Christ. He said the discovery could well be the most important of the 21st century, with their location a key element in dispelling a popular belief. But the discovery of the tombs of the pyramid builders reconstruct history and tell us that the builders of the pyramids were Egyptians and the builders of the pyramids were not slaves because they would be buried beside the pyramids, in the shadow of the pyramids. Hawass said the manner of their burial and the fact that those who died during the construction were entombed so close to the pharaohs and the pyramids meant they were honored workers, not slaves. Man, he was very vocal, almost angry. Hmm. Looked a little bit alien, too. Yeah. Well, you know, you gotta think... Um... People have problem with change, as well, obviously in the world. But like, uh, when it comes to rewriting history, 
some people don't want history to be rewritten. People don't like change, especially like you said with history. I mean, just like the dinosaurs, they never existed, but it's a big moneymaker. Look at Jurassic Park. I mean, what? Dinosaurs have feathers now. They're like big chickens, man. Yeah, at least they finally, like, they could accept that. And they're like, okay, now they're changing the imagery of what we see as dinosaurs. But the beliefs on how the Americas were founded or the migration of people, more and more evidence is coming up that it's not how we were taught. We need to know what our true history is. Aliens, I come in peace. I really just want to know what is all of this. They already know you come in peace. I mean, you're part alien, so. I know. I'm given the message. Oh, you send in the energy? Yes. Oh, Jim Jones, come to me. <laughs> All right, let's continue on with this guy and his, and his very vocal points that the workers, that the pyramids were not built by slaves. So his big points are with his discoveries of the tombs located close to the pyramids. In them, they found bread and wheat for them to have in the afterlife. If they were slaves, they wouldn't have been given things or buried so close to the pyramids. He believes they are honored, skilled workers. You couldn't just throw the pyramids together and them stay standing. It took lots of thoughts and precision to make it as amazing as it is today to be still standing, especially 4,000 years later. Yeah, you look at us now, I can't even have like a freaking car that lasts 10 years and it breaks down. I want them to build me a car. Ooh, what would it run on? Uh, granite. <laughs> That's 600 or something miles away. So you want a Flintstone car? Yeah, I want to pedal it with my feet. All right, anyways, uh, so we found another article going into King Kaffir. He reigned during the 4th Dynasty and built the second biggest pyramid. Contrary to some stories, slaves did not build the Giza pyramids. The citizens of Egypt did. The pharaohs organized a tax system that allowed them to keep a workforce building the pyramids. So that's another account of it not being slave labor that built the pyramids. All those movies are wrong. I know. Well, hell, our Montauk journey was wrong when we went there and they're getting whipped building the pyramids. And I think that was more just like a, them being influenced. Encouragement. Encouragement. By violence. That's the word I was looking for. They're getting encouraged. You're going to have some of those lazy builders, okay? Oh, of course. But I think the big thing is, is that they had to have some idea of what they were doing to make those precise measurements and cutting these stones into shape. It couldn't have just been like, all right, we need some bodies. Yes, that was probably some people, but there had to have been some brains behind building this. All of these. Yeah, and I guess that rolls us into the next thing we're going to talk about, right? Yeah. All right, so Aliens, I'd say, is probably the biggest runner-up to the story taught to us in schools on how uh, Egypt came to be what it did. And I have to admit, there are some interesting things that will make you question what you were taught. One of those points that make people believe it couldn't have been done by man is how perfectly the pyramids line up to celestial landmarks. For instance, even though they didn't have a compass back then, they were able to make the pyramids face true magnetic north. Also, the three pyramids line up perfectly with the stars in Orion's belt. I would imagine that back then, them seeing the stars would have been a lot easier and maybe they were able to observe this with the naked eye or someone guided them to place these perfectly with that. Now, I can admit, I'm pretty decent at math, but back then, damn, they were accurate, you know, in their building plan and measurements. 
So listen to this. The perimeter of the Great Pyramid, when divided by two times the height of the monument, gives a number which is exactly equal to pi, and it is matching till the 15th decimal place. Such mathematical accuracy is certainly too hard to be believed as the work of people who had limited knowledge of mathematics unless knowledge was given to them from superior beings. So now you got them putting it at true magnetic north. They knew when they built it, the points of these pyramids would line up with Orion's belt. Yeah, it just blows my mind. Yeah, and we have this image that Anna found of the squaring the circle that shows the measurements and all that. And we'll link that on the website as well for you guys to take a look at. All right, so I guess moving on. In the Temple of Seti one at Abydos, there are some eerily familiar images in the wall. Now, these hieroglyphic carvings include a submarine and a spaceship. There's even a freaking helicopter. These vehicles were invented thousands of years after the hieroglyphic was made. How could they have possibly imagined these things to draw them up? Nothing was flying in the sky at that time unless you pretty much had wings like a freaking pterodactyl. Or did time travelers, were they coming to help that society in Egypt to become more advanced to excel at the development of the human race? I mean, there's a picture here and we'll link it on our site that shows these hieroglyphics. And I mean... It looks exactly like a spaceship, a submarine, and a helicopter. There's no denying that's what it looks like. What else back then could have been that? I don't know of anything. There's even what looks like a jet on the bottom in the second row. It's, yeah. It looks like a fighter jet or something to me. Yeah. It reminds me of like the vehicles off of the Jetsons. It does. Yes, yes. Tell me. Okay, spaceships? Sure. I guess I could see that if we're talking aliens and stuff. But a helicopter. You're going to tell me that Zeta Reticuli said, all right, chop her up, and took that shit across the galaxy to get to Earth? No. A helicopter, as we know, is not always great on Earth, let alone trying to leave the planet. Why would there have been a helicopter unless there's, like, a secret base in Egypt? where time travelers do go, and maybe the helicopter was how they traveled to get to Egypt faster. And the people were seeing that, because maybe back then, humans and aliens were working together, and they wanted to see the work that the aliens were doing, because they made promises to the humans. And the humans were like, well, let's go chopper up over there and see if you're really making these pyramids that you're talking about. And then they go over there, and sure enough, these beautiful structures are being built and everything's working the plan. And That's a good theory. That is a really good theory. I like that. You know, when we record, these type of things pop in my head. I didn't think of that in all the research, but when our energies come together, we create... Captain Planet. Yes, we do. Actually, I don't think of us as Captain Planet anymore. I think of us as like Power Rangers. We summon our dinosaurs and then we come together in one mega dinosaur. Dude, that's exactly what I think when I say, it's Montauk time. It's 100%. It's morphin' time. We need, I know, we need to have that as the background sound when we, we morph into the Montauk chair. I want to be the, the green one. I want a flute. Oh, God, the flute. How the fuck does he play the flute with the helmet on? It's a good question. All right, Dan. So tell us 
some more stuff about the pyramids, you know? I, w- I want to hear some more. Some, g- give me something else. You know, another extremely accurate placing is the height of the Great Pyramid. is 481 feet. This height is absolutely one one billionth of the distance between the Earth and the Sun. Is this precise mathematical coincidence work of aliens? Or did they have a better understanding of astronomy than we realized? The walls of the underground crypt at the Temple of Dendera have released that look exactly like light bulbs. When you look at the image, look at the person on the right directing the others with the light bulb. Does that not look like a reptilian to you guys? It looks like a cat man with two knives that is about to like eat dinner or something, right? I mean, we'll put this image up on, of course, our website for you guys to look at. But it looks like a cat man that has two knives about he's about to eat somebody. I see a lizard face and a lizard tail, um, but it has human feet and human hands. What if it's whole, it might be directing, which is also very interesting because guess how we direct planes in this fashion with holding two things in your hand like that? Put it this way, put it this way, and there's multiple people maneuvering it, so maybe he's like a little this way or... He's using it to feel the magnet or like whatever, whatever pulse that it gives off. It's an energy source. So he's fine tuning the placement to make sure it is, let's say, true magnetic north or whatever to make the energy go through the pyramids points and all equal a giant grid of power. It's some good theories. All right. I'm about to blow y'all's mind right here. Do it. Y'all ready for it? Yes. Look at that image. That right there is the first eggplant emoji. That person on the left is wanting to fuck the one on the right. Oh, man. That does look like an eggplant. You're right. Uh, oh, you can cut that and, out. And you think I made a bad joke last week. Uh, I'm trying to figure out this section. So near the end, that's holding. It's the end of the light bulb. Not the guy with the thing on his head holding it, but where it's like lines and maybe legs holding the middle of the light bulb. I'm trying to understand what I'm looking at there. Like you can tell those are hands holding it up. So it looks like someone's probably like this, head bent down holding it up. But the fact that you can't really see their legs, it looks like a tree trunk pretty much. Yeah. I think you're right about the bending over and it's holding it up thing because... If you look through those lines, you could see a figure, which kind of resembles the human body. And the two people holding hands together, maybe that's like a combining of energy to power something or... I don't know, man. This is... The more I look at it, the more I come up with shit, so... Maybe they were sitting there comforting each other, thinking this f***ing thing is heavy on our heads. We can get through this. It's not going to crush us. You're doing a great job here, sweetie. (laughs) I think they're building static electricity. Just come on. We're going to light this bulb up. <laughs> they just need to get socks and a carpet and they'll be good to go. That's true. But just, just the different sizes of people, though, in this image, though. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's probably kids, but I don't think you have a kid with like a circular ball on his head holding the thing up. Yeah. It's all really strange. You know, the, the Egyptians aren't the only civilization to have accomplished great feats beyond what we believe for the time. The structural similarities between the pyramids of Egypt and the Mayan pyramids, which were built at a difference of like many thousands of years, uh, point to the fact that it was a source 
It was one source of knowledge which had allowed the ancient Egyptians and then the Mayans to build such colossal structures. The common source has to be aliens. Honestly, I thought my thought. I'll talk about it later, but as it is unlikely that the Mayans would have access to the builder guides of the Egyptian pyramids. Though we do not have any record of how the pyramids were made, we do know that the Egyptians were amazing record keepers as we still look at the messages that they left behind over 4,000 years ago. But why do they not have how they built the ma these magnificent feats? They should have carved those on the walls, you'd think at least. Is it meant to be a secret? Maybe the aliens didn't want others to know of their existence. Maybe they knew in the future they would not be accepted today as they were back then. The humans of the 20th century just couldn't be trusted. So beyond the amazing technological feat that was achieved at the time, there are other pieces of evidence that may make someone lean closer to the thought that aliens could have influenced the Egyptians. So let's dive into some of those things. So let's start with the people, specifically the pharaohs. Some of these kings and their queen had elongated skulls. If you talk to someone who believes in ancient alien history, they would say that these people of importance were put there because they were alien hybrids, and that was why they had different shaped skulls. The best known pharaoh of Egypt was King Tut. His father, King Akhenaten, widely known for many things, one of which was his elongated skull. It is very similar to what we think of as alien shaped. Could he have been a baby born with alien blood? You know, as a kid, it is believed Akhenaten was shunned by his family and wasn't taken in public. Even the public didn't like him. He wasn't even put in their family portraits. His mother, Queen Taiyi, was the only one who was there for him, and it is what is believed to get the status he did. He ultimately would reign the 18th dynasty for just under 20 years. I am not sure if that was because of his head specifically, or if it was for something entirely different. What if the family knew he was different, and that's why they didn't want to accept him? He, of course, would have had many kids, one of which we talked about earlier being King Tut. So I found a pic of a hieroglyph, and, you know, tell me it doesn't look like those other kids have the same head shape. It, it does. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that they're wearing, like the adults are wearing hats to cover up. Uh, maybe it's the, a hat that they put on a kid. But look at the one in the person on the right's lap. That looks just like a head, a naked head, a naked person, whatever. And maybe they put those headdresses on to cover their heads like cone heads, you know, put something on top. Cone heads, great movie. It is. Now, I understand there could have been some correlation to traditions that may have been performed back then. I'm sure you guys have heard of binding in different cultures. Well, it's believed that royal bloodlines would... Uh, bind their skull. So maybe that is the case, and they weren't born that way, and it developed like that. They maybe they did bind. If that's the case, could they be trying to mimic people that they've seen or aliens that they've seen because of their higher or superior power? Also, it's believed that King Akhenaten died of Marfan syndrome which today affects 1 in 5,000 people. And it's a genetic disorder that involves the body's connective tissues. 
So some interesting characteristics to this disease are they're often tall and thin and have an elongated head. Their neck, arms, and hands, and even their feet will be longer in portion. You could also have poor muscle tone and a short torso. Now, I know this sounds like something we've talked about many times, but I do go into this deeper in my theory with aliens. But let's also be realistic. Uh, Inbreeding was very common in that time. So that's probably the most likely reason that people would say that he has these genetic diseases. Luke and Princess Leia. Yes, exactly. Oh, that was weird. <laughs> um, so I also found that there's been some new findings that his son, King Tut, also died of health issues which were believed to be bone disease and malaria, which that's the, would be the oldest case of malaria documented. So that's like the new finding in it. Could this be inbreeding? Maybe environment? Maybe aliens? Who knows? It's all possible. It is weird that both of them had health issues. I'm not going to, I want to go into this, but I'm going to wait because I'm going to do it later. So it's going to be good. Okay. If this isn't juicy enough for you, well, let's look at some artifacts and other images that further push this idea that there may have been outer worldly influence. So here are some skulls of the, some of the pharaohs and one of their wives. And although this was in Peru, this seems pretty fitting to bring up for our topic of discussion. The elongated skulls of Paracas in Peru in 2014 had a geneticist that carried out preliminary DNA testing reported that they have mitochondrial DNA with mutations unknown in any human primate or animal known so far. Hmm. Now, a second round of DNA testing has been completed and the results are just as controversial. The skulls tested, which date back as far as 2,000 years, were shown to have European and Middle Eastern origin. These surprising results changed the known history about how the Americas were populated. Exactly what we were talking about earlier. More and more evidence popping up that, I mean, we already know Christopher Columbus didn't find America. Native Americans did. Exactly. They were here first. Anyways, I don't want to get into that, but you guys, I'm sure we're on the same page on that. Give them their land back. Anyways, so, yeah, I I was reading that they had four hair samples, and one couldn't be sequenced, but the other three showed a haplogroup, which is just a generic population group, of H2A, which is found most frequently in Eastern Europe, and at a low frequency in Western Europe. We have some pictures here of what the skulls, uh, the skulls we're talking about, and we'll link some artifacts as well. So something else we found here was that Sir William Petrie, uh, he was a renowned Egyptologist and is well known for his major discoveries in Giza. He found a lot of evidence of aliens through artifacts. Now, he kept these hidden behind a bookcase in a hidden space, even until even after he died in 1942. 72 years, these artifacts lived behind that bookcase before being discovered. He had found two small mummified bodies that were three to four feet tall. 
and a device was found by those two bodies that looked as though it could have been an alien device. Um, it had symbols on the outside of it that looked foreign. No one knows what they are. And then, so I started thinking, what if the Egyptians came up with their writing system through alien techniques? Because every time you see writings of alien quote unquote stuff, it's symbols. So maybe it's similar to like, yeah, how the Mayans wrote, how Egyptians wrote. There's got to be some correlation there. I've never even thought about that until now. That's a it's crazy that you brought that up. I wonder if they had a translator, you know. Maybe the device was a translator. Ooh. Dan, tell us about this device I, that we keep bringing up here. All right. This device was almost all gold, was shaped like a plate, and had a transparent surface. When opened, it revealed a complicated mechanism characterized by a gold spiral hose with several small golden balls and crosses attached to it. He had an unusual amount of artifacts like this, and... One was a piece that had broken off, and the sculpture looks like an alien and has a UFO on the carvings. Many carvings with aliens in the figures. First picture, that's the device. I would think I was a Power Ranger for sure if I had that thing. Oh, yeah. That thing reminds me of a Scar Stargate. Have you ever seen the show Stargate? No. The, the way the symbols and stuff are, there's like a big Stargate, and it has symbols to which uh, if you put in the right sequence, it will open up a pretty much a portal to either that planet or destination where the other Stargate is. And that shit looks just like the symbols going around. It look just like it and whatnot. So it's almost like a key. All of these images are so, so good. I know. I've never even seen any of these images before until now or until you found them and linked them, you know? Yeah. But we'll link these images up. They're insane. And it's like plain as, day obvious things um I mean, it it's unreal this paranormal crucible did a really good job going into it and i found a very interesting site um i'll link it up but it has just a bunch of different conspiracy type topics and quote unquote evidence of proving things are on mars like seeing a sphinx already on mars um, there's a structure on Mars, like all these things that are pointing to life on Mars or life on different planets on some of Saturn's moons as well. It's crazy. I was, uh, I wish I had more time to dig into the topics, but do you guys get this done? notice that the picture of the monitor with the two aliens on each side and it's got the UFO in the middle? And then on the outside next to the aliens is that same device that was pictured in those hieroglyphics up there that they had on their head. Yeah, I planned on bringing that up later on, but I'm glad that you noticed it. Yeah, I was wondering if it was correlating, like maybe, because, okay, so you're talking about the one I took you yeah, on my monitor. Doesn't that look like another, either a spaceship or, ooh, ooh, I got it. This is it. That monitor picture of mine, because like I said, I could not find that picture. That's why I took a picture of my monitor, by the way, guys. Um, it's the only way I can get it. Sorry, janky, my bad. Anyways, those are power sources. And they're putting them up to create the energy that they use to fly the UFO. And that's why the reptilian was directing the 
people to lift it up to go where it needed to go. So that was like going to be a landing pad or something for a s- spaceships. It's a charging station. <gasps> it's a charging yeah, station. It's, exactly. The, yeah. Yes, exactly. That's yes. why it's got the little the little electrical things next to the spaceship. Yeah. And they they put aliens next to it just to reinforce like yeah, this is a UFO 2020. Dang. We're sitting here in 2020 only just getting figured out putting our our phones on a charger wirelessly. They're sitting there putting UFOs on a pad back in 4000 years ago. It just adds to my theory of what I think. So I guess we'll get into that here in a minute. But anything else y'all want to add about the pictures before we move on to giants? Mm, let's see. No, I think every, that's all good. Okay. All right. So the next thing we're going to roll into is the giants building the pyramids. Okay. Now the ruling elite of prehistoric Kemet were always seen as superhumans. Some, like we talked about earlier, had those elongated skulls. Others were said to be semi-spiritual beings, and then others were described as giants. Now, there's a theory that the Giza pyramids may have been built by a race of giants. So what backs this up? Well, in the year 820 AD, way back in the glory days of Baghdad, the great sultan El-Rashid al-Manmun decided to open the Great Pyramid. He had been told that it had been built by giants who were called Shaday, superhuman beings, and that within the pyramid and those pyramids, they had stored a great treasure beyond the knowledge of man. So this whole area of the Middle East has legends and tales of giant humans. There were even some newspaper accounts confirming the reality of these giants. Also... There have been skeletons and bones of enormous proportions unearthed in this area of the Middle East and also other parts of Africa. Just to add more to that, I know some of you don't really believe the Bible, but I just want to throw this in there. There are references in the Bible which include Moses fleeing from Egypt and being attacked by the mighty giants in current day Israel and Lebanon, which I know we don't talk about religion, but that is just something interesting to add to this entire giants built the pyramids theory. We will have to do an entire episode over giants because there's just so much information about them. But I will link an article that you know we came across that goes into super detail about the history of the Middle East and the findings of giants in that area. So now that we talked about the giants, now we're going to move on to something else. We're going to move on to the dinosaurs built the pyramids. Okay, so there's this theory that the dinosaurs were used to build the pyramids. I know... It sounds crazy, and I thought the same thing, but just hear us out here, okay? One of the top Egyptologists in the world, Nabir Ibn al-Samud, led a team of archaeologists at the University of Cairo. They had uncovered ancient papyri and a number of stone pallets dating back to 3500 BC, which they said could prove ancient Egyptians might have lived amongst dinosaurs. Ooh. I do love me some dinosaurs. So this ancient papyri that this team uncovered was written by men who participated in building the Great Pyramids. The tomb of Pharaoh Khufu and mentions the use of quote-unquote beastly creatures of enormous size. Now that's either a dinosaur or a really rude way to describe a giant. 
Just saying. Surprisingly, the discovery of the ancient papyra and 26 stone cosmetic palettes bearing carved decorations and hieroglyphic writings was made in a nearby cave only a few kilometers outside of modern Cairo. The team of researchers believed that the caves had served as a kind of boat storage depot during the 4th dynasty of the Old Kingdom. It was about 4,600 years ago. The team unearthed entire rolls of papyrus, some a few feet long, still relatively intact, written in hieroglyphics as well as hieratic, which is the cursive script that ancient Egyptians used for everyday communication. The papyrus also mentioned the noble Ankaf, who was known to be the half-brother of the pharaoh Khufu and is described as overseeing some of the construction of the Great Pyramid. The most surprising portions of the ancient text and stone palettes are concerning Ra Nitka, translated as God Beast, which was presumably tamed and used to carry the large limestone blocks that composed the pyramids. They are described as tamed beasts of burden who, quote-unquote, eat of the Nile's grass, whose tail, when lashed, can kill an army of men, and whose necks reach out to the sky. The super-respected Egyptologist guy who was leading this team, Navir, went on record saying, I understand our present view of human history is completely different from what we are proposing, but based on these ancient papyri, we must consider the possibility that dinosaurs may have lived amongst ancient Egyptians and were possibly tamed to carry the huge blocks that composed the pyramids. So, is there any more evidence to back this up? We did come across this. So, there is this significant Egyptian archaeological find called the Narmer Palette, also known as the Great Hierakonpolis Palette. So it dated back to the 31st century BC, and it contains some of the earliest hieroglyphic inscriptions ever found. But something also worth noting here is that people believe the inscriptions are that of individuals riding live dinosaurs. It's crazy. I mean, I don't think it looks exactly like a dinosaur, but we'll let you pick. Um, here is the picture. When I see it, I see cats with long necks. Yeah, it looks like a some type of dinosaur to me. I don't know. I don't know why the people are standing on its tail. I don't know why they're intertwined on each other. It is very odd, but it is something worth noting. Could be dinosaurs. I don't know. I just thought it was odd and that everybody should look into it. Well, we don't know enough about the dinosaurs, so they could have been around, or at least some species still. Yeah. I mean, we still got crocodiles and birds. And sturgeons. All right, so we're going to change gears a little bit. And uh, I know we went over a few things like the pyramids lining up to the stars in Orion's belt and how the pyramids face true magnetic north. Well, to add to that, we found this article that really caught our eye that we'll try to break down as easiest as we could. So the three pyramids of Giza are in near perfect alignment with the cardinal points of north, south, east, and west. What is even more strange is that the alignment of the planets Venus, Earth, and Mars correlating to the pyramids. There's an article with a super in-depth look in into this, and we'll link that. This article also goes deeper into like a religious connection to this. 
so and, and like they use the bible verses and whatever to make it all work but it actually was interesting but i didn't want to take that route we just i'm gonna link it up if you guys want to go check out that part of it it's a good read i found it pretty interesting so aaron i think we should dive in a little bit to the strange facts and findings so why don't you kick us off with that Sure. Uh, so the first strange fact and finding is that the pyramids are the last standing of the seven ancient wonders of the ancient world. Not all pyramids are built with a pointy top. Some are actually flat on top. The base of the Pyramid of Giza is a perfect square. In order to climb to the top of the Pyramid of Giza, you have to go up 203 steps, and they aren't small ones. The Great Pyramid sits right on top of the center of Earth's landmass or Earth's geographical center. The east-west axis of the pyramid corresponds to Earth's longest land parallel. This parallel passes right through Asia, Africa, and America, and on the other hand, Earth's longest land meridian that is known to pass through Antarctica, Europe, Africa, and Asia also runs directly through the pyramid. So the Great Pyramid of Giza is actually the place where the parallel and the meridian intersects each other. What are the chances of that happening? They say it's like a one out of three billion chance. I'm I just, I'm speechless for the amount of accuracy they had back then with their limited technology that we believe they had. Mm. Quote unquote, believe. I believe they said line asses. <laughs> <laughs> uh... So on top of that, there are no hieroglyphics found inside the Great Pyramid except for some in red paint, which as of today are known to not be authentic. Imhotep, the Egyptian scholar who designed the pyramids for Pharaoh Djoser 2,000 years after his passing, he was equated to the god of Toth. This pyramid is actually older than the more famous pyramids, it dates back to around 2670 BCE. The Mayans, now, they also showed alien creatures in their carvings. I found some rocks from them, and they are quite interesting. Imagine finding those rocks. Oh my god. I, I would not want to show anyone simply because I'd want to keep yeah. it. I don't care. If, but at the same time, I'm like, this is history. People a thousand years from now probably need to see this too. Are the government hides it? Hmm? Well, yes, we'll get into that later too. Um, look at the middle stone. In the Bible, they refer to supernatural beings, Nephilims, but also angels have wings. Look at that alien with wings and a cross looking thing on his head, like a Pope hat. I'm just saying, there's aliens in the Bible. The Pope is a pedo alien. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, I guess moving on. Uh, did you guys know this? That Nubia was once a part of ancient Egypt and that there are pyramids in Nubian that were built 500 years before the pyramids of Giza. They look like the Egyptian pyramids, but they're way smaller in size. Most of them were built to accommodate only one person as a burial tomb for the ancient kings and queens. Now, I linked a picture here. 
tell me what you think of that. They're like little mini cute little pyramids, right? Little baby pyramids. Little baby pyramids. But Man. how the hell do you build something like that back then? It is like smooth. It, they look better shape, of better shape than the pyramids, even though they're older. Unless the ones in the front are a, a remake of what they would have looked like. Because obviously in the background, you could see that there's some that have already uh, eroded over time. But these ones up in the foreground, those look brand spanking new. Yeah, those are brand. Go buy me one of those. Yeah, I want one of those in my backyard. What I see there is the real big pyramids were the big dinosaurs. These small ones were the little baby dinosaurs practicing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Building up the strength. All right. Another startling fact about the pyramids of Egypt is the existence of the intricate web of numerous tunnels and mysterious chambers and shafts under the pyramids. The tunnels are as old as the soil itself and behold thousands of artifacts. Not many people know about this as the tunnels excavations are supervised by the government and the information held with quite a high level of confidentiality. The details of the things found under these pyramids in the tunnels and the shafts have never been shared with the public. So what you're telling me is that these ancient Egyptian aliens have these underground tunnels and that's where they take all of their kids, their pedophile aliens. Oh, man. Well, if we go back to adrenochrome, maybe that's just the source of it all. It started with just harvesting adrenochrome, and then they learned raping does some good shit for the adrenochrome. And then they're like, mmm, I like me some Timmy with fear. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, but wouldn't that be crazy if we found out that all these pedophiles were actually aliens in human skin and... The elites, that's what they were. Aliens. Interesting. I like, I like your thoughts. You know what's more terrifying than a pedophile? An alien pedophile. Maybe that's why they did all the butt stuff. Maybe Whoa. they're a bunch of freaks. All right, moving on. Dan, what do you have next for us for Strange Facts and Findings? So we have an image above. It's a layout of the ancient city, Teotihuacan. The remains of the city are located northeast of the Valley of Mexico. Of course, it has pyramids on it, but it is abandoned. The city is shrouded in mystery for a number of reasons. Despite the fact that it was one of the most influential cities in the American continent, we know very little about it. In fact, the origins of Teotihuacan are still the subject of research among experts. Now, something that made me go, hmm, was the image above that I talked about. Now compare that image to the image of a computer circuit board. That is like spot on. They look exactly alike. I really do. It's creepy how exact they are. Yeah. We'll link these images so you guys can take a look at it, just like all the rest of them. I don't know, man. That just goes on to my, my theory, which I cannot wait to get on to. But I guess that pretty much moves us to personal thoughts and theories. Who wants to go first? I'll take the lead. My theory, a time traveler went back and helped the Egyptians and everyone build these pyramids. Who's using our Montauk chair? Either someone built their own or one of ours has gone missing. I'm just saying. But, you know, like the hieroglyphs they found, you know, they had the helicopter, the airplane. Then now you got like recent thing, the computer chip looks just like it. 
Like it just, it shows that. And then all the mathematical stuff that they did, that mean it still takes us a long time to get to those points to actually do that ourselves. But we do have that information. So I'm thinking, you know, someone time traveled, has to be a time traveler going back and, you know, honestly, they're just having fun with history and it's messing with all of us because now we're still confused on how the fuck pyramids came about. Yeah. Uh, it goes along with what Anna said earlier about the, what was it, when you were talking about this, you said the time traveler. That they had a base, um, like, I don't know if it was this, but yes. there was a base and the helicopter came from that to see what was going on yes. at the pyramids, checking up on the progress. Yeah. And I did see a weird article. It didn't have too much information, but they were actually saying that these pyramids themselves, since they didn't really have any, they actually don't have any hieroglyphs inside from back then, that these pyramids were actually time travel machines themselves, which I wish the article had a little bit more information on it, but that's actually an interesting fact that, you know, why so eroded on the outside. Oh, continuous use. Maybe that's why they don't want you to go in the underground tunnels because that's where all the systems are to get the big thing to launch. Can you imagine that? Big thing coming out of the ground, the pyramid, and launching in. I mean, it's pretty aerodynamic. Yeah. Yeah. So, hmm, it's pretty good. I like your theory, Dan. Yeah, that was a really good one. I mean, time traveling just seems so realistic anymore these days with the Simpsons and stuff like that. Yeah. You know how I like the Montauk chair. So I don't mind doing it next if you want me to go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, that's yeah, totally cool. Okay, so no surprise. I believe that the Egyptians were influenced by aliens and they helped progress evolution of humans. They reproduced offspring with Egyptian royalty. Maybe this was the early stages of hybrids between aliens and humans. And that is the start of the RH negative factor. So, I know, interesting thing here. It's my understanding that 85% of the population is RH positive, which is the primate uh, gene. So, meanwhile, the other 15% that are RH negative, they're concentrated in Europe. Now, I know Egypt isn't in Europe, but it's damn close. It's just across a little waterway you can get there. If we're talking, like, I'm thinking of where Croatia is. I look specifically from Croatia where it was. Um, and it, it's not far. So I could see that there is some crossing over there. Uh, so maybe those with RH negative blood are descendants of these attempts to crossbreed. So maybe that's why both King Akinadin and King Tut had health problems. But they did accomplish a lot in the short time that they were on the earth. So I think the Egyptians were totally influenced and given these techniques to advance in building and living. I think they still are, but they don't trust people the way they did back then because we were more accepting as history seems to show. If you saw an alien today, we would not look at it a majority of people would not look at it and think, oh, I'm going to learn from your technology and you're going to advance us. They're going to want to probe it and do all the things. Like We as people are not as understanding that there's more to this life. I, think. I mean, I don't know, something like to that extent. But anyways, um, 
So there was a short time that one of the pyramids were shut down because while excavating part of it, they found a door. And then they found out that there was a door behind the door. So I think that they closed it down because they found some stuff that they did not want known was there. Like maybe more alien artifacts and stuff like that. So what if there are a ton of artifacts that show aliens in cultures around the world? But they just hide them because we aren't meant to know. For instance, that guy we talked about earlier, uh, Petrie Williams. Sir Petrie Williams. The guy who hid all of his stuff. Yes. You know where that went? The minute they found it, pretty much, like shortly after, the Rockefeller Museum went and took all of his findings. Fucking Rockefellers, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. Super suspicious. And then just the last thing that I found, I think it's kind of weird. Tell me what you think. So there is a decorative motif that was very common back then. You could still find it. Um, It's the Ankh, the key of life, was actually a little alien charm. And they are the key of life. I put a picture right underneath here. This little blue cross thing with an alien-shaped top. Uh, loop. They call it the oval loop. And it's a alien head, short little body with his little arms. And instead of making it an obvious alien, they made it into a cross. In Jerusalem at the time, they would have worshipped. No, because Jesus wasn't around then. I can't say that. Mm. But did Jesus does have the cross that represents him, right? And if you just take that and make that a line, it's a cross. It's yeah. very similar to and a cross. A hundred percent. I w- actually went to go see if there was any renditions, renditions of this with the Knights Templar uh, cross. I didn't see anything. But to me, this looks like a little alien dude. And that's why it's put up in homes because they are giving homage to... It's like putting up any sort of Jesus crucifix, whatever, in your house. Yeah. That's what that was. And it was for Alien Grey or whoever that came by. The reptilians. Damn them reptilians. Yeah. But man, I like that. You went deep with yours, especially with the RH negative. Mm. Offspring of the reptilians. Yep. But it, the Rockefeller, it seemed like we talked about that, this a little bit last night on about the Rockefellers and how I proposed the theory that, okay, what if they got most of their money and stuff from going around collecting these ancient artifacts that the elite go around and they hire these families, these Rockefellers, these Rothschilds that for them to collect these alien artifacts. Like if you, there's a video out there of a guy confronting one of the Rothschilds. And if you look up him and look at his head, they all got elongated skulls. What if they're actually the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers are actually, yeah, just type in Rothschild's elongated skull. That's all you got to look at. What if they're the actual aliens? And that's how they, they, they're so smart. They acquire all the money they need so they don't have to work the regular nine to five job. And then they just go around and do whatever they want. Oh, weird. Like Jacob Rothschild's. You can't tell me that that's not a regular skull. He's got an elongated skull. Oh, I'm looking at that 100%. That looks... Unless it's been photoshopped, the side of the head looks a little washy-washy in the picture I'm seeing here. Yeah, anyways, it's just a theory that I 
thought about when you were mentioning yeah. that. What if the Rothschild no, and Rockefellers, sure. you know, what if they had their hand in this? Which that's eh, possible. So I'm going to say I had an epiphany while you were saying that. Hence my gasp of, oh my God. Okay. It's probably been 15 years since I've watched this movie. But if my memory serves me correctly, let's go back to the live Flintstones movie. And what did Fred Flintstone and Bar- or Barney, no, no, Fred worked on the like construction site using dinosaurs as creatures to help them work to build things. Who was his boss? Mr. Rockefeller. Dude. For real. And he was rich and he had all the fancy things. Remember, he was like, he was the Rockefeller of this world. And so what if that movie was made because the Rockefellers did use, or like the Egyptians did use dinosaurs to build shit. And the Rockefellers um, lineage, lineage starts in Israel, I do believe, or Jerusalem or something. It's, it is in that area. So who's to say that they weren't there for all of that? Got the knowledge from aliens to do advanced things and then make money, like you were saying, off of what they've learned. It, it, is, it is possible. I haven't even... Th- Man, you made a good connection between the Flintstones and dinosaurs and Rockefeller. It's all right there. I'm going to go rewatch that movie, man. Going deep. You know, the universe brought us together so we can open that third eye of as many people in this world as we can. Yes. And the universe comes to me when our morphin energy comes together and it speaks through me. All right. So my theory is a little bit different. Um, I believe there's a rotating intelligence. Now, what I mean by that is I believe the human race gets to a point to where we reach an intelligence of, you know, we reach a point in in our timeline of technology and then something happens like a filter. So let's say back in the day, we did have helicopters. We were as advanced as we are now, but we weren't building skyscrapers. We weren't, you know, doing other things. I mean, we built pyramids and we might've had computers, right? We might've had elongated heads that we might've had alien help. But then aliens realized, okay, we got to have a filter for these, these beings until they get to the next level of consciousness. And this filter is they come in and they wipe us out. Maybe the dinosaurs did help build the pyramids, but then the aliens came down and said, look, they're going to be absolutely crazy in the galaxy. Let's wipe them out with the dinosaurs, let a meteor hit, and then it resets back to the Stone Age. And then that's why we find all these weird artifacts is because at one point we were that intelligent. Yeah, I mean, in the Aliens episode, remember, I went through that. We were harvested. Well, we did go over that, but what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say we were harvested. Like from other planets? No, like they built us up here. And instead of the extinction, instead of the dinosaurs, they built the dinosaurs up. They built all us up, had us build the pyramids, advance, advances, and then harvest us all. And then throughout the other races, the other, like the Stone Age people out, and then had them grow up to where they meet now. So it's like growing humans, right? 
technology-wise, and then they harvest us. If you think about supposedly with the dimensions thing, they talked about creating the perfect human to harvest off of. So I don't think you're far out. But I do remember we talked about what you were kind of going over with aliens about how... Um, so I think I said something along the lines of maybe we were that advanced and because they stopped teaching us, we lost those abilities and it fell through time, the cracks in time. And then, like you said, they come in waves and they're like, okay, they're back on the right track. Let's give them this technology again. Let's see if they can do better this time. And then we screw up again. They started over, blah, blah, blah. Like the free will is, is a problem in this uh, simulation, I guess. Yeah. Simulation. Anyways, y'all got anything more to add to this episode before we wrap it up? Um, I definitely will check out this Flintstone thing and, and post anything if there's any new stuff. I, w- I just clicked on to see what it was, but they had the Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas. And then I'm thinking, I bet, you know, the Rockefellers have to be in with Vegas stuff. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so I'm going to dig into that. That is a cool find. Daniel, you got anything to add? I'm good. All right. Well, I guess that's the end of today's episode for Pyramids, and uh, we'll roll into voicemails now. Okay. This first voicemail we have is from Michelle, and we're going to play that right now. Hey, guys. My name is Michelle, and I am a new listener to your podcast, but I'm pretty sure I'm mostly caught up with all the episodes. Um. I love it. I think it's great. I love conspiracy theories, but I was just wanting to see if this is something that you guys might want to um, delve into in the future. I mean, it's 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 a big thing for me. I I love Marilyn Monroe, and I know that it's like one of the biggest conspiracies out there. Um, were the Kennedys involved? Like, was she murdered? Did she really commit suicide? I've watched like every show, heard every podcast on it, and I was just wondering what your point of view was on that. And I mean, if you were ever to do an episode about it in the future, I think that would be the best. Um, But yeah, there was also Natalie Wood. Those were two big conspiracies. So just wondering what your guys' thoughts are on that. And yeah, I think you guys are great. Thanks. Bye. Well, thank you for the voicemail, Michelle. Uh, I personally don't know much about Marilyn Monroe. Um, I'll have to look up some stuff about her. And I don't really know anything about Natalie Wood. I don't think what's... Do you, Honor, Dan, know anything about Natalie Wood? I do not. Yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken, she was an actress. And... um. I think she dated Christopher Walken. They had like a fling because he doesn't talk about it now. And God, I hope it's Christopher Walken. It's a definite famous actor. And she was killed possibly by being thrown, like bludgeoned and thrown off of a boat. She dreamt about dying often. Like that was, she almost knew she was going to die by drowning. Uh, So she like never would go on boats by herself. And the fact that she fell over into the water and drowned. Um, there's a bunch of suspicious things around it, arguments. She was dating some other like famous guy. But yeah, so I, I've heard th- this story before. We'll have to add that both of them to our list. 
Yeah, Marilyn Monroe, I don't, I, like, honestly, I have a tattoo of one of her quotes down the back of my leg because I love it, but I don't know too much about her or, you know, I know we're going to go into JFK stuff eventually and the curse and all that stuff. So maybe we could look at how, do a two-parter to add Marilyn Monroe or something like that, that part of the connection. I don't know. I know we have the JF, like you said, we have JFK scheduled. But yeah, maybe we could do something like that. Add Marilyn Monroe inside the internet for the two-parter. But anyways, thank you for the voicemail. We love you. Yep, thank you for the voicemail. All right, this next voicemail is from Hans. So we'll play that right now. Yo, it's your boy, Hans. Um, you know, from here in Texas. Uh, didn't know if you guys could do like a, uh, maybe like a theory on like how children and their parents have like a mind link. Like, if something bad were to happen to your kid, you would know it, because it's happened to me before. Something bad happened to my son, and I had a dream about it, and then I got a phone call confirming it. Whether that was astral planning or whatnot, who fucking knows? Anyways, um, back to the real bread and butter of this conversation. I'm here with the bag of peas on my nuts, because Anna went for fucking 30 minutes on the fucking nutsack. God damn, she can fucking hit. Um, Jesus Christ, I don't know if I can handle a round two. But uh, remember, you're always sexy, Daniel. I know it's a full-time job, but you're handling it well in this crisis. At least you're getting paid. Uh, Aaron, I'll take you up on coming up to Maine. Um, never been, but as long as I get to spread you like an accordion and you get to open me like a book, we're good to go. Anna, round two's coming. It's going to cost extra if you know anybody wants to watch. Bigfoot can hold the mic for free. Uh, still on my stance, fuck Texas. And, uh, you know, whatever you want me to narrate to you, Aaron, you need to send it to me, and I'll read it to you. I'll read you some soliloquies or some shit like that, or a haiku. Who fucking knows? Remember, do the right thing. Thank you, Hans, and as always, we love you so, so much. Yes, love the voicemails. They make my week. I love getting his voicemails. Yeah, if you are not a Patreon member, uh, I actually took Hans on a journey this week on patreon so if you aren't a patreon member sign up and you get to hear hans and his journey on the montauk chair with us and what he encountered and what happened to him so um yeah he's he's fine he's recovering but uh again thank you hans i love you uh, you can spread me like an accordion and i'll open you like a book any day and thank you for that awesome uh, poem that you sent me the other day. I uh, furiously masturbated to it many times. So thank you. Uh, I love it. All right. So this last voicemail this week is from Nick. We're going to play that right now. Hey, baby, this is Nick, a.k.a. Nickalicious. And I was here to give you another story from my favorite podcast. But... I got another story. Believe it or not, Bigfoot one wasn't the only thing. Or shout to the big dick. But what happened was I was out last night. I'm at the beach with my girlfriend. You know, I was out last night walking along the beach. And I was walking by myself. And the spot or pulled me up. And before you knew it, I woke up on a table. And I felt something slimy and slithery slamming across my face. And it was a small little slimy, slithery dick. And I tell you, those damn aliens have those small, slittery dicks, but they ain't show us the growers, baby. But, mm, 
I never had something so small and slithering in my mouth. But what happened was, what happened was, I can tell you this, but aliens don't have the white gooey substance. They have the gray and the green. Mm-hmm, baby. And for not, after I was filled up with all that goo, I came back down to Earth and my girlfriend's asking me what happened. I said, just another Friday night. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's my alien story. I gotta go, though. We gotta go to dinner with my girlfriends. See you guys later. Bye-bye. Just another Friday night. Just another Friday night. Oh, that's Jesus. been the quote of the week. Thank Christ. you, Nick. Yes, it Just is. another Friday night. <sighs> my God, Nick. Thank you so much for your voicemails. <laughs> Keep sitting them. God. The oh, my God. Being filled with goo. Can't imagine that feels great. Mm-mm. I'd go see a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> no, but honestly, your voicemails are hilarious. Please keep sending them. Yeah. I'm going to start to worry about your health, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, now we're moving to ratings and reviews. So thank you for everybody who sent voicemail this week. Hans, Michelle, and Nick. Nickalicious. And uh, do you want to be on next week's? Submit a voicemail before next Sunday. All right, this first rating or this first review you got this week is from JobU05. It was left on May 21st. It is five stars. The subject line that reads, enjoying this podcast. They go on to say, very good podcast to listen to. Entertaining and not every host has the same thoughts. Wish you would all go back and revisit the Nostradamus episode now that we are in 2020. It's not a, not a bad idea. I mean, I think we, we got Baba Vanga and some other stuff coming up about predictions. So we'll definitely be covering predictions in 2020 and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. thank you, JobU05, for the five stars and for the love. We love you. Much love. Yep. Thank you so much. So the next one comes from I Am Stacy from Great Britain. Leaves us five stars saying, glad I found this. So I listened to quite a few paranormal UFO podcasts, but most of them I eventually give up listening to and and unsubscribe, usually because of the annoying advert sponsors or because the hosts become irritating and ruin the show. Found this one recently. Good job, guys. Good subjects. You don't shout over each other or have that one annoying host. The ads are no ads and or eruption. Eruption. (laughs) <laughs> no ads or interruptions. Nice editing and sound. I'll stick with this one. Cheers. Thank you, I am Stacy. Gosh, that's yes. awesome. Thank you, I am Stacy, for the love. We love you so much. Yes, thank you so much. You made Aaron blush with all that, all those compliments over there. Mm-hmm. He's the editing genius. All right, our next one is from Rufus seven seven seven. Left. On May 21st from Norway, titled Nice with five stars. And it says dot, dot, dot. So I'm taking that as we made him so speechless, but he still gave us five stars. Nice. Thank you. Uh, We love you, Rufus. Much love, man. If you're ever feeling, you know, not speechless, send us a message. Thank you for that. We appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate you. All right. This next review is from Young Cress. It was left on May 21st. It is, we're back in the United States. 
Subject line is all the yes. It is five stars. They go on and say they go on to say, love listening while I'm working. Makes me not want to die. So thanks for that. <laughs> so <laughs> glad I found you guys. Alien emoji and then the one eyeball emoji. <laughs> Thank you, young crest. I'm so glad that we can provide your ear holes with entertainment while you work. You slave away for the man. Just remember at every chance you get, you always stick it to the man. Anyways, thank you. Um, Love you. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So this next one comes from Australia. It's from Where Is Addo? It's titled Awesome. Five stars. It says, wax on, wax off. That's all. Nice. I love it. Simple to the point. Thank you. I love you. And I love Australia. I just don't like spiders. Oh, no. Y'all got the deadliest things over there. Anyone who lives in Australia is a badass, straight up. They live in hardcore mode. Yeah. That's how I see it. All right. The next one we got is from Fine Honey, left on May 22nd from the U.S., titled Finally Caught Up with Five Stars. And it says, great, top, uh, great topics. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. These are nice and short this time. All right, this next one is from Nicole LTD. It is from the United States. It was left on May 23rd. It is five stars, the subject line that reads super interesting. They go on to say, my friend recommended you guys so I could learn about Skinwalker Ranch. I've been hooked ever since. I have literally listened to you guys every night before bed, and it's awesome. Love the theories and different perspectives. Keep it up. You all bring something different to the table, and it's great. Thank you, Nicole LTD, for the recommend for your friend tell her or him i said thank you tell i'm gonna say to you thank you and i love you thank you friend of nicole ltd for shouting us out and teaching her the the ways of a third kind thank you nicole you're awesome and thank you for the five stars much love so this next one comes from canada god do i love canadians it's from law cammy Five stars titled, Finally Found. They say, I love you guys. Why did it take me so long to find you? Great podcast. With the, you know. What is the symbol called? Okay. A-O-A-O-K. A-O-K. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you, Law. Love you. All right, the next one is from uh, Randy K 77 Left on May 27th from the U.S. Titled, Yas, with five stars. If you didn't read that with enthusiasm, I'll let you try again. Okay, I'll do it again. Yas! <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I just found you guys and I'm loving the podcast. I started from the latest episode, so I'm not sure if you covered it yet, but you should do an episode for Project Pegasus, Government and Time Travel, Super Trippy, Keep Up the Dope Work. I thank you. Thank you. I like that suggestion. Thank you, Randy. Yeah. Let's check that out. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it does. That sounds kind of bad. Oh, everyone knows we love a good time travel. Yes, yeah, we do. Love it. All right. This next one is the last one for this week. It is by Chloe123214321432 at symbol, at symbol, at symbol. It was left on May 28th. A subject line that reads, I live for these podcasts is five stars. They go on to say, I love how each of you have a different point of view. Each episode is very well researched and it makes you think about how crazy our world can be. And I love that we live in a world full of ghosts and aliens and the unknown. Thank y'all for making me believe in, in a magic world. And that's a pretty great thing to believe in. And then they put a whole bunch of emojis like 
aliens, Stonehenge, UFOs, you know, like stars and galaxies and mystical things. Chloe, I thank you for leaving the great review and I love you and I'm glad we could open your third eye and your other eye is... I'm glad we could open your third eye. I love you. Were you, were you trying to reference the whispering eye? No, not the yes. whispering eye. Uh, <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. That's good, Dan. I missed your whispering eye. All right, that's the end of the ratings and reviews. Now we're going to go to shout outs. You guys got any shout outs for this week? So on Twitter, I'm going to shout out Benjamin, a.k.a. Benji. You guys will get to hear a little bit more about him in the Patreon episode. He's going to go on a journey with us to, I'm not going to tell you now, but going to go on a journey. He lives, don't worry. You'll see him another time. But just want to shout you out, dude. Appreciate you and looking out for the show and always, you know, being a great support, even though you are a Cincinnati Bengals fan. I can, I can live with that because you're pretty cool. Okay. So much love, man. Keep messaging me on Twitter. Appreciate it. Oh, and Hunter, my man Hunter, I'm sorry that we weren't able to dig into the FEMA connection dates. Um, He had messaged me about the trial dates that they did correlated with with certain changes or events and like trying to tie some, try to connect some things. And I just, I did not have time to dig into that amongst everything else that we went into. So uh, another time, another time. Thank you, Hunter. Appreciate the suggestion. Um, I just want to shout out everybody on Instagram. I've got a long list of people, but I'm messaging all you guys personally. I just want to let you all know that I love the support. I love the love on Instagram. Keep sending it. I'll keep sending the good energy and love right back to you. I appreciate everything you guys say. I appreciate all your suggestions, your topics, your links, all your interesting thoughts, your ideas, and words of encouragement. I appreciate it all, and I just want to let you know that I love you all. Pretty much mine's the same thing for Facebook. I got a long list of people that have sent messages in with suggestions and their own stories and all that. It would take a little while longer to call everyone out individually. But I will give a shout out to Tanya O because she sent me a message uh, last Thursday and I got a kick out of it. It was just like, just listen to the latest episode. Great job. Now, Dan, I was just wondering what it would take to get a meeting with Bigfoot. I heard of his um attributes and I believe I need to have an encounter. Just saying. And then she's like, keep up the great work, guys. Love you all. And thank you for pleasuring my ear holes. Oh, God. That's so funny. I just started laughing when I read that. And I did respond to her. I'm not going to say what I responded to her with because I don't want to give out any more info. Because, you know, if she did have that chance encounter, that's for her to know. Her to sign that confidentiality form. (laughs) Nice. Yes. No, but yep. I appreciate everyone on Facebook messaging us and showing support and everything. Not great. I just yep. want to take one second to say thank you for my family supporting my crazy ass all these years. Because I know that they're listening to this right now. And just thank you guys. You're awesome. Even my sister, who's like totally not into conspiracies, loves this show. And I love that we can reach out to all different levels of people interested. And, and, that we cover so many different topics. You never know what you're going to get with us, and I love that. Um, so 
All of you are amazing. Not just my family. I'm talking about everyone because we are all a family. I can't wait for us to work on this idea to be able to communicate better as an entire group. Being able to have all of you guys have conversations with each other as well to create new theories and just expand your mind. Um, so we're working on some things. So hopefully we'll be able to roll something like that out sooner than later. Thank you for those kind and awesome words. Thank you to Anna's family as well. Thank you to my family as all well of our for families, all your support. Yeah. And, yeah, and Dan's family. Dan's mama. Yep. I love you. Mama Ninja. Anyways, uh, do we have any corrections on the last episode or anything? No, I think we've been doing better. Always trying to improve. Thanks for your feedback, guys. Yep. So with that being said, make sure you check out our Patreon if you haven't already. Check it out. Five bucks a month gets you an extra episode each week. I want to thank all of you for joining us today. And again, thank you for your support. You're amazing. I love you all. And with that being said, Dan and Anna, you want to roll us out? Sure will. It's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts. Because you're not alone. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.